Three straight wins. Troy, this feels a lot better than the shows we were doing about a month ago when they were coming off three straight losses. How about this for streaks? Three straight dubs to open the year, three straight losses without Tua, mind you, and then three straight wins. Hopefully they're not about to go on a three-game losing streak, but I, I certainly don't feel that way. It is the Extra Yard here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Alex Dono alongside former Miami Dolphin Troy Stratford. Troy, sure you're feeling good after another dub. Oh, I feel great. I slept good last night. I didn't care about the rest of the games on Sunday. Totally focused on what the Miami Dolphins are doing. And right now, they passed the eye test, right? They look good. And you sit there and you say, I don't know about you guys, but me. I cannot recall the last time I watched the Miami Dolphins game, and I may have said this already, but I kind of watch the game like this. I don't get upset. I'm sitting there saying, okay, our offense is coming back. We're going to score some points here again, and eventually we're going to win this thing. So that's a nice position to be in. And hats off to the Miami Dolphins because they are playing excellent, excellent football right now. The first thing after I watched that game, and this is, you know, this is last uh, yesterday afternoon, whatever it was, a little, little under 24 hours ago. One of the first thoughts that popped in my head was, man, Monday, I've got to ask Troy about the new running back because Jeff Wilson Jr., he just got acquired a few days ago. You know, he flies to Miami, finishes up his, you know, physicals, the paperwork, all that. He gets acquired at the trade deadline. Then he's off to Chicago. He barely even knows most of his teammates. He knows his head coach, which I think is very important there, the Mike McDaniel connection from him in San Francisco. But still, I'm really impressed that Jeff Wilson just gets off a plane, nine carries, 51 yards. He was the Dolphins' leading rusher in the game, and he caught three passes and scored a touchdown. Like, I was really impressed, and I I feel like it can only get better for this guy from here on out. Well, there are a couple of things that come into play when it comes to Jeff Wilson and how he played. Like you just mentioned, he comes from the system that, you know, Coach McDaniel had already been in, and so he's very familiar. I've read where he said, okay, some of the terminology was a little bit differently than before. That's fine. I understand that. But what I thought was the most important thing, because us as fans, you know, because of fantasy and 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 uh, all kinds of things that we do outside of the actual plan of a football game. Guys think that, hey, we should get this guy or we should get rid of that guy. I mean, those guys, they really have lives also. So imagine uprooting whoever it is that you have to uproot in a matter of days, fly across the country, and he sat there and he talked about, you know, I've never, I've never been anywhere but San Francisco, my four years in the league. All of a sudden, I'm going someplace new. And he said, I was a little salty at the 49ers for getting rid of me. Because there are two things at play here. You have to deal with the fact that there's a team that's saying, we don't want you anymore. But yet then there's a team while you're on the plane that's saying, hey, we put our arms around you and we welcome you. And because he had a couple of friends on the team already, like he, he talks about uh, Morset coming over and, or Mozart coming over and inviting him to breakfast, 
He wanted to pick up the tab and not that money is an issue with any of these guys, but he's like, no, I got you. I got you. Just making them feel comfortable. And he talked also about the reception that he received once he walked in the, into the locker room and he's sitting there saying, I'm like, wow, these guys are acting like I've been through training camp with them, which he had not been. And so he felt comfortable right away. And he didn't know if he was going to play a little bit. He didn't know if he was going to play a lot. But he was prepared to play. And that's what Coach McDaniel preached to him. Listen, just get into that playbook, study, study it, know what you need to do. And who knows? We'll see what happens on Sunday. And everything that happened on Sunday was a good thing. He actually brought a little physicality to the Miami Dolphins running game. He looked very comfortable out there from my seat. There was no blown assignments by him. Nope. He caught the ball out of the backfield. He got into the end zone. I mean, what more can you ask for? That's a perfect transition when it comes to the young man. Now, he wasn't the only debut. I hope we right. save the receipt on this Bradley Chubb. I mean, Troy, and I'm not being serious. I I think Chubb's going to be great. But, uh, you know, I never would have thought that, you know, with these two brand-new Dolphins making a debut, because these are both positions where, you know, it's not not rocket science to come in after just a few days' preparation when you're talking about edge rusher uh, and when you're talking about running back, especially a running back who played in the system before. But I never would have thought that Jeff Wilson would have this much of a more impactful Dolphins debut than Bradley Chubb. Very quiet day for Chubb. Uh, He just – I I think he had one – tackle hold on i don't even know if he had one tackle to be honest with you they, they might have just given it. him one yeah they, they, okay. they gave him they gave him one tackle uh, i'm looking at the stat sheet right now i don't remember the tackle um and and that's pretty much it i think he did have like a couple of qb hurries that may not be reflected on the stat sheet he but did. it was a very quiet debut yeah he put pressure yeah. on the quarterback and that eventually will pay off remember uh, Fields had an outstanding day against the Miami Dolphins, and he has that escapability ability to break down a defense and attack you when you are weak in one area. So as the season goes along, remember, he was uprooted as well. I know he signed a big $100 million contract, all of that, but there's still something about an adjustment of going to a new city, a new town, meeting the players like you hit it right on the head. They don't know half of the guys on that team. They don't know the first name. They don't know all of the coaches on that team. Yeah. Like, I, I played with guys for like two years, and I didn't know their name. That's, <laughs> that's just how it is. So for him to come in and put the pressure on, that was a good sign. And you got to also remember, there are defensive ends rush defensive ends who play in this league who make boatloads of money yeah and they get one sack a game they get 16 sacks in the course of a season that's all you need to do apply pressure force the quarterback to tuck that thing and run and hopefully the guys behind you will make the play or to force him to throw that thing a second earlier and then all of a sudden Things happen in the secondary. So I'm not worried about him, but I think overall it was a good debut for both of them to get them into action right away, not sitting on the sideline, 
playing a lot of football, and it paid off for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, if you look at, we'll stick with the offense here a little bit before we go to the defense, which is obviously not going to be as fun to break down, uh, given some of the the yardages and the stats that they gave up. But for for Miami's offense, you look now, Troy, at some of these statistics and the historical significance of what people like Tua Tungo Vailoa and Tyreek Hill are doing this year. Correct. I think the Dolphins at this moment, and we're just, you know, in the Dolphins' case, because they haven't had the bye week yet, just past their halfway point of the season. We have two MVP candidates right now, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not sure which one even has the stronger case. I guess usually that award would favor a quarterback before a wide receiver. But, you know, I, I saw this stat last night, courtesy of CBS uh, NFL on Twitter. It blew my mind. In the history of the Miami Dolphins, only one quarterback has had consecutive games where he's thrown for at least 300 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And it's not number 13. It's number uno, which I I thought was wild, right? And then you look, Troy, at what Tyreek Hill is doing. The man has already surpassed 1,100 receiving yards this year. No one else is even over 900. Like, he's on track to become potentially the first 2,000-yard single-season receiver in NFL history. He's got more receiving yards, just him, than the receiving cores of eight different NFL teams have combined. That's what Tyreek Hill is doing. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely a joy to watch. The young kid, he is young man. The young man is unguardable throughout the course of an entire football game. And as long as the Miami Dolphins keep the protection that they've had, like last or yesterday, that's a very good thing for the Miami Dolphins for that receiving core because Tua knows he's playing this game with a confidence level that's off the charts. He's sitting there saying, these guys are going to be open. Someone's going to be open. You can't cover all of them. And we'll go back to what we've been preaching all season long. The speed that they have is just unguardable. It creates mismatches across the field. It opens up something. And, okay, you could play with them for a quarter. Maybe you could play with them for two quarters. But in the end, they're going to get you because you're going to slip up. You're going to be a little bit late here or there. And the players are going to come to you. But to watch him play, how many catches did he have again? Uh, hold on. I got the, uh, I think he had eight catches or seven catches on. Yeah. Seven catches on eight targets is what Hill had. And he, he turned those seven catches into 143 yards and he made it look easy, like easy. You just look at this and you go, we've never seen this before. And kudos to him for sitting atop, you know, the statistics when it comes to receiving yards and all of that, he's doing an outstanding job. And again, you go back to the quarterback play as well, and you see Tua just, it's like a well-oiled machine where everything just clicks and it clicks. And Coach McDaniel, right? He's just there cool as a cucumber, and he's saying, I don't care what you want to throw at me. I got something for you. I can have an answer for whatever you want to throw at me, and that's a beautiful thing to watch. Like, I watch the games I'm telling you, I got my hands up. I'm sitting there like, no big deal. I'm not screaming at the television anymore. (laughs) I'm not throwing stuff. It's just a (laughs) nice way to watch football games. So who do you think right now, 
has the stronger case for league MVP? Is it the Dolphins quarterback who, you know, leads the NFL in so many different categories, including passer rating? Is it the wide receiver who's on the record pace? Because I, I they've both got to be in the conversation, right? Who do you think has the stronger case? That I don't know the answer to right now. I haven't even thought of it that way. I just came in from outside. And I was watching ESPN. And they have this, uh, you know, this panel, and they're sitting there discussing who would you rather build your team around, Jalen Hurts or Tua? And I'm sitting there saying, "Are you kidding me?" Like this, sitting there discussing one of the Miami Dolphins players, like. He's bigger than what else is going on in the league. There are very few quarterbacks that are playing to his level. You saw the difference between the Miami Dolphins with him and without him. And now his stats at the end of the season will not match up to some of the others just because he hasn't played as many games. But if he continues on this pace, I still put him a notch below Tyree. Like, quarterbacks control everything, okay? But Tyreek opens it up for everything. And very – I can't recall looking at a team saying, okay, who's more important, this guy or that guy? It's usually clearly one. Right. I think they work in tandem here, and I think that's – oh, man. I'm, well, I'm well the, 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 the way that I look at it is this, because I mentioned the pace that Tyreek is on. If he gets yes. to 2,000 receiving yards and nobody else has done that, like, I think he's got to be the MVP. Because I'm assuming, like, Tua's going to put up big numbers this year. And it did. It doesn't help that he, you know, missed the better part of three games, with, which wasn't his fault. Uh, so I don't expect Tua to set, like, the passing record this year. But Tyreek might set the receiving record. And if that happens, I think Reek's got to be the MVP. All right, I'll roll with you on that. <laughs> yeah, but what about this one? Because I think it's a good point here from Jose. He says, the only reason I would go Tua over Hill is Miami went 0-3 without Tua. So I think what he's saying is there we have the right. illustration of how important right. Tua is to the team, that they couldn't win without him. To my point, we've seen the Miami Dolphins with him, and we've seen the Miami Dolphins without him. And without him, we haven't. And hopefully we won't see the Miami Dolphins without Tyreek on the field. Oh, yeah, Because he true. just opens up everything. But we, we know the Miami Dolphins, they look phenomenal offensively when two is in the game and when two is not in the game. And that's just, you know, football. Like, there is a wide disparity, uh, a wide gap from – Number one players in the NFL and number two players in the NFL. If you have to get down to number three, now it's even a bigger gap. So right now it's nice to have both of them on this field at the same time because they just work magic. It is magic that they actually put together on the field. And I tell you, defensive coordinators getting ready to face this Miami Dolphins offense they're not getting much sleep that week. They are putting in extra time, and they're sitting there saying, how the hell do we slow this track meet down? Going back last week to Coach Campbell, he's sitting there saying, we didn't want to get into a track meet, but we got into a track meet. Yeah. And I think that the Miami Dolphins do that, and they are open, open, open. And credit to Tua, because some of the passes 
there was this big thing. I'm I'm still arguing with one of my former teammates. I'm not gonna oh. name his name because oh, I am come totally on, you have to pissed. name the name. I am totally pissed off at him. He's sitting there still criticizing too. Well, he had he underthrew two deep balls. I he did, okay. and he and he he short he short armed that throw uh, late in the fourth quarter that could have yes. helped ice the game. So absolutely, I, I don't he see Tyreek Hill making mistakes. And I said to him, I said, James. <laughs> That's his first name. I go, oh, are you expecting perfection throughout an entire football game? I said, it hasn't cost the Miami Dolphins yet. I said, so you call me once it costs the Miami Dolphins when he has an underthrow. Because the receivers, once again, whether it's Waddle or whether it's Hill, and they get behind the defense and it's an underthrow, you notice that if it wasn't incomplete, the Miami Dolphin wide receiver has caught that pass, correct? Right. Even yes. short. Yes. And that's because they have the DB or the safety beaten. And usually you watch an NFL game, and those DBs, they are taught. You see the wide receiver, his eyes widen, his hands go up. Even if you're a step behind, you know that ball is coming. So just put your hand up, even if you can't turn your head. But when it comes to defending these two wide receivers, those DBs, they are in desperate mode trying to catch these guys. They're like running, running, running. They don't even have time to put their hand up. They don't have time to turn their head and look for the football. So right now, even though he has missed on a couple of would-be touchdowns probably from watching the film, watching the game, He's all right. He still has that window that leaves him room for a little bit of error on those deep balls. Oh, man. So we're going to talk about the Dolphins' uh, defense when we come back because I I do see some people pretty concerned about that over these past couple of weeks. And it's like sometimes uh, complimentary football is a week-to-week thing, right? It doesn't always happen in the same game. Sometimes in some games, as we've seen from the Dolphins this year, like the New England game, the Steelers game, sometimes the defense is going to carry you. Other days, the offense is going to carry you. But I I want to break down some of the nuts and bolts of that right after we talk about the awesome folks at Prize Picks. Oh, my gosh. I'm having so much fun. I don't feel like I'm doing as well as Troy Stratford. Like, I, I feel no. like I need to start getting no, you're not <laughs> from the mat. So, did you have another big winning weekend? Because, see, I had in one of my selections, I needed a Raheem Mostert over, and that Jeff Wilson comes in, and he's stealing stats from me. So, you hit a five? Again, oh. I hit a five. Oh, I hit a man. five. I hit it for, I think I bet 50 bucks. I won 500 bucks. And I'm sitting wow. there saying, yes. That is amazing. That. And it was, I had Tua. I had Waddle. I had Hill. Those are the three. You didn't have Mostert. That was my problem. I did not have Mostert. My fourth one was Josh Allen rushing yards. Ooh. And he smashed that. And I'm trying to think what my fifth one was. It had come to me, but yeah, I hit five once again. Well, so listen, so Troy Stratford, two weeks in a row, has hit five player selections on prize picks. He's making, what, 10 times his money on this. So you guys, you need to get in on this if you haven't already. It's very easy to do. Christmas is coming, guys. Make some oh. money. <laughs> Your entire neighborhood's going to get a present from you. It's like a, he's going to be buying Bentleys for the entire block. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's so easy to sign up. I'm looking at it right now on my mobile device here. We're, we're going to get to uh, to the numbers for Monday Night Football tonight. The mobile app, Prize Picks, uh, it's one of the most popular fantasy sports apps out there. So you're going to see it. It's going to come up when you start typing in Prize Picks on the App Store or the Google Store. It's going to come up right away. Uh, it just takes minutes to sign up create your account. And when you make your first deposit, make sure you use our code five, that's F I V E spell it out. And they're going to double your first deposit 100% up to a hundred bucks. So you deposit a hundred dollars, which is no problem for Mr. Moneybags over there. You deposit a hundred bucks and they're going to double it. $200 just appears like magic in your account. And then you hear Troy talking about making five selections. I'm a little bit more conservative. I usually make two or three selections, and I still I pick people like Raheem Mostert who ruined it this past week. But you you select two, three, four, or five players, and just predict if they're going to go over or under their stat projections. You can go with passing yards if it's a quarterback, or rushing yards, or receiving yards, rushing yards for a receiver, running back, tight end. And you win money. If you get all your selections correct, you win money. And if you're, for whatever reason, you don't want to use the mobile app, but there's no reason not to, it's free. But if you want to just use the good old fashioned website, sign up at prizepicks.com or the prize picks mobile app and use our code five F I V E. And they're going to double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So for Monday night football tonight, we've got the, uh, the red rifle, Andy Dalton going up against Lamar Jackson uh, do, do you want to do rushing yards or passing yards first? Because when we're talking about Lamar Jackson, I probably want to start with the rushing yards. See, I, I like passing and rushing yards combined. Oh, yeah. When it comes to like a Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. If I look at the passing yardage and I sit there and say, oh, I feel that's a little bit high. I'm like, okay, see what the number is for rushing and passing yards. And I usually like that number a little bit more better. So Uh that's how I I don't know what the number is yet. I haven't looked at it yet, but I will get to it. But I'm thinking right now, Lamar Jackson, over when it comes to rushing yards and passing yards combined together. Okay, well, hold on. I, I can't find the combined category, but if I give you his pass yard total and the rush yard total, we could probably figure that out. So the rush yard total is 61 and a half, um, you know, going up against New Orleans. And the pass yard total is 210. So you're looking at 271 and a half total yards. I, I, I would go over that. I'm sitting there saying that's a lot of rushing yards. Yes. 61 and a now, half. It is. But I it's also Lamar go, Jack. I mean, if Justin Fields Lamar can Jackson. go for 178, I think Lamar can yeah. go for 62. And all Lamar got to do, like you're watching the game, you sit there and you go, all you got to do is hit one of those 30-yard rushes, a 40-yard run, or if he takes one to the house like he did against the Miami Dolphins or whoever, you sit there and say, I'm I'm almost there. So, because 210 passing yards? Yeah, 210. I think that's rather low. So, yeah. right now, and listening to what you're saying, I'm sitting there saying, that might be one of our plays, combining the two of those and going over. Now, what about Andy Dalton over, and we'll do his passing yard. His, his rushing yard total is three and a can half I, rushing yards. But his, okay. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, can I guess his passing yard? Yeah, guess it. His over under will not be more than 175. 
you definitely want to take the under because I'm with you. I'm shocked at how high this number is. 230 and a half is. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The number. And I think that that probably has a lot to do with how they feel about uh, Baltimore's defense right now. But 230 and a half passing yards for Andy Dalton. I'm with you. I'm smashing the under on that. See, I'm sitting here saying, all right, we know how dangerous Baltimore could be with Lamar Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there saying they got Andy Dalton at quarterback, not slighting him, but can you go the entire game counting on him? Kamar, you know, he's an outstanding running back, and I don't care what defense is out there. That guy has a skill set that's like off the charts, right? So I'm sitting there saying that the New Orleans Saints are going to try and shorten this game, and they're going to try and hand that ball off as much as they can to Kamar as long as he's healthy. And they're not going to throw the ball all over the field unless they get down early, early, early in the game. It's a good point, though, about Kamara. He's going to take those short passes and pad those passing stats. That's still, but it's still a now, lot. Like two thirty is still a lot. The the Saints they do a good job of dumping to their running backs. Yeah, exactly. Plays. Yeah. Now Kamar could kill you in that that yeah. aspect. Right and, and I think there, that's but... his point because because th- those count for passing yards for Dalton. Absolutely. So I, I think that's what he's saying that that may take it over. But still, Absolutely. it's still it's still a high number. But what whether and and by the way, Brooklyn Rob has the right idea here. Fade the mush. Whatever I like, he makes a fortune. <laughs> going the opposite way it works i mean that's that's a good way to go i'm glad you got that title now because i told you early on when we started this usually what i go with the opposite happens yeah but yeah you're the mush guy so i'm the mush oh man so guys make sure you sign up at prizepicks.com or the prize picks mobile app and use our code five f-i-v-e they're going to match your first deposit 100% up to $100. Prize picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. So, um, you know, I I wasn't quite as disturbed by this as some Dolphin fans because I've been watching Justin Fields in recent weeks and the guy's been absolutely electric. Still, though, yes. you don't want to be on the other side of a quarterback setting the record for most single-game quarterback rushing yards. Like, you never want to be the team. Like, oh, who was on defense that day? Oh, the like, you never want to be that team. Uh, but Fields wa- was unstoppable, 178 rushing yards, including a 61-yard rushing touchdown. One of my favorite moments of the game, and I didn't catch this live, like I saw people tweeting out the video afterwards. So at one point late in the game, Fields like rushed for a first down. I think he rushed for like 11 yards, like untouched, kind of scampered out of bounds. And then he was right on the Dolphins sideline. And Mike McDaniel, they caught him on camera. Like he walks up the fields and then the camera's like right on his face. You can read his lips. He says to Justin Fields, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) One of the great moments. You're killing us. That's Coach McDaniel, right? In the moment, not not caught up in that coach stuff. He's sitting there like, come on, man. You're killing us. Can you please stop it? 
you know, we're trying everything, we're throwing everything at you, but can you please stop it? I don't, I don't think I saw a lot of blitzing from the Miami Dolphins defense this past weekend, no. yesterday. No, not like and usual. I think that has to go with Chubb becoming a part of this unit, and they believe that they can actually get pressure with the four. Now, when you only rush four, that creates lanes. If you block one guy in the right way, you throw him to the right a little bit, it creates lanes. Now, everyone else is in coverage. You know, Fields could take off and run that thing. I still think the Miami Dolphins have to figure out what type of approach they want to take. And they're not going to face, you know, a Justin Fields every single week. So they don't have to worry about the discipline in certain games. But against Fields in this first game with Chubb being here and the Miami Dolphins sitting there saying, hey, I believe, we believe we could get pressure just with our front four. You block those guys the right way because there was pressure. Uh, there was yes. pressure. But Fields is such a dynamic athlete. I was very impressed by that young man playing football. And if he develops his passing game, because quarterbacks like a Justin Fields, you know, back in the day, Michael Vick, you know, he's got Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar, I was going to say. They come yeah. in being more of a, I'm going to run this thing when things get close or whatever. But as he develops, if he develops his passing game, oh, my goodness, that could be a, a dangerous offense in Chicago because they have a very good running game. Minus the Yeah. He, he's turning a corner, there's no question, because if you go back probably even a few weeks ago and if you go back to last year, like it was starting to trend towards Fields being a bust. Like It was trending that way. Yes. And now the people of Chicago are actually starting to buy into the idea that this guy could be our franchise quarterback. And, you know, it's not like and, – and that was his biggest game yesterday in terms of rushing. And he also – he didn't have to throw for many yards. It's 125 yards, but he did throw three touchdown passes, no interceptions, had the huge running game. And like Alfredo points out down there, he says, hey, the Bears have done this now to their last three opponents. Correct. 243 rushing yards and 33 points against New England. 240 rushing yards and 29 points versus Dallas. Then 252 and 32 points versus Miami. So it's, it's not like he, uh, Justin Fields just woke up yesterday morning and no. for the first time in his career he had a big game. They have been doing that lately, Troy. And I saw the stat where that's three games in a row that the Chicago Bears went over 200 yards rushing yep. as well. Mm-hmm. The last team to do that was one of the Super Bowl New England Patriots teams. Really? To do it three consecutive weeks. So it's rarely done in the National Football League where you can act. That's like a college game, right? You know, Alabama, whoever, they run off 200 yards three games in a row like it's nothing. So, Yeah, and, and again, it, it's, it's an eye-opening thing. And, it, and it's not to say the Dolphins' defense was good yesterday, but again, I want to emphasize the Bears have been doing that to opponents. Like Rodney says, didn't realize the Bears' offense had been clicking like that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. And, and it was, it was one of those things, Troy, where first of all, the Dolphins won the game and the defense, despite having some busted plays and giving up some big yards, they did make a couple of key stops in the fourth quarter, including the, the fourth down stop. Uh, they probably did get away with a pass interference though on that possession, but they did come down. With I, a think fourth they, down I, stop. I, I think they I did. I think they could have thrown a flag on Yes, it. they could have. Yes. But the defense held 
And that was at a point where the offense actually started sputtering late in that fourth quarter. Because we mentioned for as well as Tua played yesterday, Dolphins had a couple of chances to ice that game uh, and they couldn't convert. And then it also doesn't help that your kicker has completely lost his confidence. Ooh. I mean, Jason Sanders, he misses a 29-yard. Like That's the type of kick that you even expect a college kicker to make. Like If your college kicker misses a 29-yarder, you're disappointed and you're sometimes even surprised by it. Sanders misses a 29-yarder. He's been so inconsistent. Uh, and then they clearly didn't trust him after that because they were going for all these fourth downs. Right. Uh, so right. it was, you know, it, it was, you know, the, the offense was not moving the same way late in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins didn't score in the fourth quarter. And the defense did make a couple of stops when they needed it most. That's complimentary football. Our field goal kicker, Sanders, it's time for him to go lay on the couch. <laughs> It's all between the ears. Yes. Right now, yes. he is sitting there battling himself. And when a kicker gets to that point, he's on the sideline watching the offense drive, and he's sitting there saying, get that first down, get that first down, because I don't want to have to go out there and attempt a field goal. And that's what I'm getting out of him. Now, it'd be nice to hear from him, talk about it, but – he is just not in the rhythm that he has been. He used to be Mr. Automatic. Yeah. You know, Miami Dolphins get to the 45, get right past the 50, and you're like, okay, we got three points. But that yeah, is like not as, as long yeah. as you get like down to the opponent's 40, which exactly. I think is like a 57 yarder, you're like, oh, we got this. And that's when a, a kicker, hate to say it, but that's when your career starts going south when you start getting the head trash, like what Tucker does up there with Baltimore and he'll be on display tonight. I mean, it, that's like magical. I don't know how long he's been playing in the league now. No head trash. Just put the ball down. I'll, I'll kick it. It's going to go through. No, <laughs> Unbelievable. He is. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so, Okay. Three game winning streak now for the Dolphins, yes. six and three. Uh, are, are you worried though? Like, because we, the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about this Miami Dolphins team as a contender, right? We've been saying that for a couple of weeks. Then they go out and get Bradley Chubb. They also get Jeff Wilson. I know he was like the guy who got buried in the headlines there. He had a really good Dolphins debut, the new running back. Uh, but Bradley Chubb, obviously the headline maker, they're paying him a lot of money. Uh, and the Dolphins, you know, they're they're right there. The AFC East is crazy competitive. You've got a crazy. six and you got a six. Everybody's over five hundred, right? Yeah, yes. I think the only division in the league where everybody's over five hundred. So you got you know Buffalo at six and two. They lead the division, but they've lost two divisional games. Yes, the Jets, they're zero and two yeah, in the division. yeah, which is wild. So like they can beat everybody except the AFC East. The Jets are six and three, and they're ahead of the Dolphins because of the tiebreaker, the head-to-head. -head. Dolphins are six and three. And the Patriots are five and four. Like everybody's good right now in this division. So, but we talk about the Dolphins as a contender, and they would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. Um, do you worry about this defense, Troy? Because once you start getting to a point to get through the AFC, you're going to have to play a Buffalo or a Kansas City on the road, or maybe even both. Do you worry about Miami's defense? Could that hold them back? They have to play better. We know that, right? Do I worry about them? No. I think there's an adjustment period. I kind of touched on it earlier. How are we going to play this thing with Chubb a part of this right now? Because all of a sudden, and I hope hopefully we will see some of this this coming Sunday when they play the Bears. Not the Bears. Uh, the Browns. Oh, the Browns, yeah. 
we yeah. will see the Miami Dolphins mix in bringing an extra guy because you won't have a quarterback that's as mobile as like a Justin Fields. So I think the Miami Dolphins can bring a little bit more pressure with an extra guy, forcing like one-on-one blocking for the offensive lineman and everyone has to handle their guy by themselves. I, I think the defense will look much differently this coming week as they did this week. I want to read some of these uh, these comments. And, guys, make sure if you're in here watching us live, 3.36 p.m. here on Monday, uh, take advantage of the live chat. Uh, you know, we'd like to read, throw shout-outs to folks out there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, a lot of people are asking this, Troy, with, with Jason Sanders. I, I think you touched on it, though. It's like kickers can get into a mental funk. Like, I've seen oh, it. I've seen it. It's all so, mental. I've seen it more so with college kickers than NFL kickers. And, like, I'm actually, like, in – I hate to even bring this up because we just got destroyed. But even with like the University of Miami, for as bad as the Hurricanes are, I'm actually impressed with the kicker, Andy Borigalis, because he had such a rough game against Texas A&M in September. Like a lot of people thought this kid is finished because that happens with kickers. Like sometimes a kicker has a disastrous game. Like this guy's finished. He'll never come back from it. And he's been like Miami's best player for the last month and a half, right? So sometimes these mental funks can be hard for kickers to get out of. Uh, and, you know, Jason Sanders is clearly in one of those right now. It's very hard for kickers to get out of that funk. Listen, they make that field goal to win the game. You pick them up, you put them on the shoulders, you carry them off the field. They ride that high for a very long time. But you let them miss one, you let them miss a, a chip shot, 29-yarder in the game, when you have already been kind of wishy-washy throughout the season, that is all head trash because unless you are a cool kicker like Pete Stoyanovich I play with. Oh, he, yeah, he I cool love him. He was one of the guys. You know, he could hang out with us. Kickers are usually on an island by themselves. They don't talk to anyone but their holder and maybe the special teams coach. Yeah, the punter. But, you know, they're not <laughs> – they're not out there in the middle of training camp, working hard, sweating, and all of this. All they do is they get one period where they come and they kick like five field goals and they get out of there. But you let that field goal kicker start spiraling out of control, and it's a very, very dangerous thing. So you better pick it up soon. You know, this was, it's inevitable that people are going to bring this up. And I can't necessarily say you're wrong. Uh, but LT Respect says this defense has declined under Boyer without Brian Flores holding his hand. Uh, and, and like, even if there is some truth to that, I'm not going to say I miss Flo because Flo was just so disastrous for this offense. Uh, and, you know, he was obviously disastrous for the first two years of Tua's career. But do you think there might be any truth to that with the defense? Because it was one of the best kept secrets the last couple of years, the flow boyer combination. You know, we didn't always know who was pulling the strings. And at times in a season when the defense would improve, was it because flow was taking over, being more hands-on? So you, you took that part out of the equation here. The way I look at it is, like we talk about Chubb coming in here and helping that defense to rush with four guys still applying pressure. Yeah. Last year, the year before last, the Miami Dolphins, they were pretty healthy in the secondary. They work hand-in-hand. Like, they are tied at the hip. 
Okay. And so with Byron Jones being still out, one of the top cornerbacks, it it just creates different play calling defensively for your defensive coordinator. And I think that's the problem. And I'm still looking at Jones coming back later in the season. Hopefully, uh-oh, I looked down the schedule. How did I do that? That West Coast swing when they play a couple of games. Even I hadn't there. looked that far ahead. Wow. Ah, yeah. I was sitting there saying, well, we get Jones back at that point. Uh, yeah. We might be all right. So yeah. they could do what they want to do. I love it. Let me throw some more shout outs here. Uh, Dolphin Don says, I'm more concerned with the discipline of the team. Penalties and mistakes are killing us right now. Yeah, we, we have had some of those as well. It, it, you, you can speak on this being being a player. Um, can, can sometimes like hefty penalty games, stretches of a season, like is that – what is that on? Is that is that on a lack of discipline? Is it fluky sometimes? Is it coaching? Like how, how do you break out of that? Who's who's refereeing the game? I think you could call yeah. a penalty just about on – You could call holding game. on every, or every play. play. Yeah. You could call it every play. So depending on if those referees are kind of tight with their flag or they're going to let these guys play a little bit, I think that speaks a lot. So I'm not going to sit here and say that the Miami Dolphins are undisciplined. I see an aggressive defense. They just got to make the plays. Hopefully the referees, it's not something that the foul that they commit is out in the open where you have to throw that flag. But if it's close, like the last pass, you know, that the Bears threw, a lot of people were sitting in there saying, all right, we they should have thrown the flag on that. It should have been interference on the Miami Dolphins. Well, throughout the course of the game, you didn't have a lot of that. So, hey, 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 <laughs> chill. <laughs> he wants to interrupt all the time. I'm impressed he actually responds to you. He's like, he's more obedient than my child. Like, if my child was here, like, <laughs> running amok, and I'm like, hey, chill, he, he would not stop. Snacks are the key. Oh well, yeah, for the dog. <laughs> well, no, I, that, that's also how I parent. I bribe him with snacks. Absolutely, man. <laughs> oh, by the way, huge, huge shout out and thank you here to our guy Devin Jordan. Thank you so much for the five dollars super chat, uh, Dono and Troy. What's your thoughts on McDaniel going for it on fourth and two instead of taking the point? <laughs> you think he didn't trust Jason Sanders? Well, like he, I, yes, I, I, I thought it was that was a big part of it. You know, he also brought up like the weather conditions and the wind, but also that just goes back to again not trusting Jason Sanders, especially not when you're in the windy city. So I, I think that's right. why they went for it. Exactly, and go back another week when the Miami Dolphins we were questioning his play calling on the fourth down. Right? Yeah, we could ice this game right here. I sit there and say this is his coaching style. Now, I'm not saying Sanders does not factor into this, but this is the coach's coaching style, and he has, I guess, instilled his fingerprint on his football team. Offensively, these guys are sitting there saying, we're going for it. There's no doubt about it. We're going for it. They're probably more disappointed when he sends in the field goal unit because they're sitting there saying, we got something for third and two. We got something for third and five. We got something for third and eight. Like, let us go do our thing. I know Tyreek and Waddle are sitting there saying, come on, I've been setting this guy up the whole game. I've come off the field. I've spoken to the coaches, and I said, I got him on this. I got him on this. 
and they just have so much confidence offensively. It's pretty scary. It is pretty scary. And when this is all said and done, Donald, I wonder where this offense, everyone has to stay healthy, yes. But when it's all said and done, the numbers that they will post, again, will be super scary, super scary. Well, and you see OG down there is asking about uh, Jeff Wilson. We did talk about him earlier, but I want to circle back because I think Jeff Wilson in one game accomplished more than Chase Edmonds did in eight games that he was here. Like I, I, I was really yes. impressed. He, he didn't, he didn't have any catastrophic drops like right. Chase at every game, right. which was a big shocker. Cause honestly, when the dolphins acquired Edmonds, I'm glad they were able to, you know, get rid of him and turn him into something, you know, being part of that yes. Bradley Chubb deal. So it works out in the end, but when the dolphins acquired him, uh, I was thinking, wow, this is the perfect fit in a Mike McDaniel offense. And it just, you know, for whatever reason, uh, maybe if they'd given it more time, it would have worked, but it wasn't working for the first half of the year. And then, you know, but Mostert had been working and Mostert is a San Francisco guy. He's got the McDaniel history. Then the Dolphins go out and get another one of those guys in Jeff Wilson. And really impressive what he did yesterday. Not saying he lit up the stat sheet, but he had, you know, over five yards per carry and he scored a receiving touchdown and he had some moves yesterday. He looked very comfortable. So, uh, man, I, I can't even say enough times how impressed I was with Wilson. Wilson, in about two, three weeks, he is going to feel completely at home and things are going to start to open up for him because, again, you got those dynamic wide receivers out there. Defenses, when they go up against the Miami Dolphins, the number one thing, priority facing that offense is, we got to shut down this running game. So they're going to try and do that more and more. I don't think they'll be successful with it. But the way that he comes and brings his physicality to this running game, I just think that in time, two, max three weeks, you will see longer runs from him. And I think it's a very nice tandem. We've seen tandems before. I can't name them off the top of my head, but. You have you have you have your power guy, the guy that you know that's gonna lower his shoulder and, and make you remember sticking your head in there. And then you have you know like you get the the, the dash guy and Mostert who's gonna come in there and he's just gonna run circles around you. So it's a very very nice pickup for the Miami Dolphins, and I I just look forward to seeing the two of them because they're very friendly. Also, this yes. usually yeah. you know. There have been times I've been on a football team and my backup goes into the game and he has a big run and I'm sitting there saying, yeah, all right, all right. On the outside, on the inside, Ah. I'm like, damn it. (laughs) I said, now I can't get back in the game. Now they're going to try and ride him. So these guys, I'm sure part of that is inside them where they want it as opposed to their buddy. But these two, they have a pretty strong friendship from what I can see right now. And I just think it's going to be fantastic moving forward. Well, that's great. We'll we'll wrap it up on that note. It's on to Cleveland this week. Uh, We're going to be with you guys, of course. Cleveland's coming here this week. Yeah, that's right. No, you're you're right to say that, though. It's on to the Browns, but the Browns are on to Miami. And I'm sure they'd much rather be in South Florida this weekend than in Cleveland. Any weekend, no matter matter what time of year it is, you'd rather be in South Florida. (laughs) In July. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So great stuff 
Troy Stratford. Follow him on tw- on Twitter at Troy Stratford. Follow me. There you see it, Alex Dono. And guys, if uh, if you missed any part of this, uh, you can go back and watch the replay. It's going to be instantly available on YouTube. Or if you want to listen to the replay, it's going to be about a 47, 48-minute listen. So you may want to time it out for your commute. You can get us audio version on the 3 Yards Per Carry podcast feed. So if you subscribe to, and most of you in here probably are already, if you subscribe to 3 Yards Per Carry our episodes upload in that feed as well. And I can't thank enough, of course, Alfredo, Simon, and Chris for being nice enough to host us on the three yards per carry feed because they, they've they worked very hard for many Thanks, years. Yeah, they've worked very hard for many years to build that feed up. And then now we're like, hey, we're here too, guys, by the way. So I can't thank these guys enough for hosting us there. Troy, uh, I'll talk to you again uh, later this week, and hopefully we're breaking down another dub next week. Absolutely. Like Miami Dolphins going for four in a row. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, for chatting live with us. Thanks again, Devin, for the super chat. We'll talk to you guys next Monday on another episode of The Extra Yard, three yards per carry on the Five Reasons Sports Network. See ya. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.